Welcome to the 47th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and vaccine junkie, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? Oh, General Kenobi, it's going quite well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty good. Nice. What's, uh, what's what's new in your in your life? Well, uh, you said it. You said it here. Uh, I am a vaccine junkie. I got my vaccine this week. Um, the first dose. I'm part of the Pfizer gang, Ooh. so I'm not too shabby. Yeah, I got it on Wednesday. It uh, went uh, went well. You know, I I went to my appointment. I waited in line. I got in there. I got stabbed in the arm. Ooh. I left the appointment, and uh, oh. that's pretty much it, man. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's great. The, the end is finally in sight. It feels maybe. Maybe. Problem is the first dose doesn't have a lot of, doesn't, it doesn't really attack, I shouldn't say attack the virus because that, that's not what vaccines do, but it doesn't work as effectively against the variants as having two doses. And the way mm-hmm. that Canada has been doing it is we've been spreading out the doses like by like three months. When's your next stupid. dose? September, oh. which is ridiculous. Oh. I, uh, I just got back from getting my vaccine, actually. We moved up our appointment, so we were able to do it today, which is fantastic. We record this on a Saturday. And I didn't think we were going to be able to do that. I didn't even think there were going to be earlier appointments until you told me on the podcast last week that you were getting yours on Wednesday. And I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Why is my appointment in June? Like it was June 10th. Mm-hmm. So I uh, we just looked around and looked for a different venue that might have better appointments. Venue like a concert. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we found a place that we could both go. Don and I, my girlfriend, of course. Uh, at the same time, and we did get to sit next to each other, which was cool. So we did it all together in their arena in Fergus, Ontario, Canada. Shout out to Fergus. Nice. Go Ferg, E, from the Black Eyed Peas. That's right. She mm-hmm. was from Fergus. That's why her name is Fergie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not true at all. That's a fact. Sure. That's a fact, baby. How are you feeling after it? Uh, my arm is sore, and uh, the girlfriend's arm is sore as well. She's not yeah. uh, She's not loving it. She mentions the ar- sore arm every at least 10 minutes on mm. the on the clock. You, you can set a timer. And it's like, it's going to be within 10 minutes. He's going to mention <laughs> it. it I, I can, I get it though. I get it. My arm's sore too. I think her arm is sore, more sore. I was going to say sore-er. I don't think that's a word, but yeah. Are you Pfizer or Moderna injected? Oh, great question. I forgot to say, yeah, we we're both part of the Pfizer club. Pfizer is arguably the best one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I'm, I'm a Pfizer person. My mom got vaccinated with Moderna. Haven't spoken to her since. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I've been using Bing a lot more as well, mm-hmm. and uh, I ordered uh, myself a Surface Duo. Yeah, we're currently recording this on Skype. Yeah, Skype using exactly. our Xbox Series X <laughs> to do this podcast. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a quick side note. Do you see, have you seen the Surface Duo, Adrian? The Surface yeah. Duo phone that flips open. Yeah. What do you think of it? Looks stupid. I don't like it. I don't hate it. And if you if you want context, listener, just I mean Google Surface Duo. It's like a phone that opens. Uh, like a book. Yeah. The future, the future of phones. Sure. I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like it's not maybe one day, but right now it just, it honestly, it looks cool because it opens up, but it honestly looks like a Nintendo DS. (laughs) A little bit, actually. I didn't make that connection. That's 
That's smart. You know what's crazy about the Surface Duo, and I just can't wrap my head around this, but Surface Duo, if I'm not mistaken, it runs not Microsoft as an operating system, but it runs Android. And I just can't understand. Like, it doesn't run Windows. And I just don't get why that would be. I agree with you, man. I find it super weird. I feel like Windows OS on mobile is definitely underrated. Are you mocking me? No, I'm not mocking you. Or no. are you just saying this because you got the Pfizer vaccine? I got the Pfizer vaccine, baby. I'm all in <laughs> on Microsoft. <laughs> no, seriously, though. From like, look deep inside to Adrian prior to the vaccine. And what do you actually think of the, the Windows OS? On like mobile? mobile OS. Oh, dude, it was garbage. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not okay. good. I think they could have rehashed out a version of it that wasn't garbage, though. It's Windows. So the idea of it is create the ultimate you know, desktop experience, you can just hook it up to a monitor and a keyboard with like a Bluetooth keyboard Mm -hmm. and it could literally be your portable computer. That could be a great idea, couldn't it? No, man, I agree with you completely, especially since, uh, you know, Xbox is going super hard on like the cloud gaming and everything like that. I can't just have a, I mean, you can get that now on um, all Android devices anyways, like the streaming and I know the beta is out um, for iOS devices, but I don't know, it would be cool if it was just you know, like you you buy your Microsoft phone and it has the Xbox app pre-downloaded, bam, bada boom, you open it up, you can stream your games. It'd be pretty cool. It'd be, I feel like, a little bit more innovative. Um, but yeah, and I agree with you. It's it's an odd choice that they don't just make a Windows operating system. But I guess then you got to like get an app store and get all those apps in there. So it's probably more trouble than it's worth. Android works well enough. It does, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just like the idea of that. I think the whole point of getting a Microsoft Surface Duo would be just so you can connect. So you can mm-hmm. literally do your business on the go with like PowerPoint. And I mean, you can do that with Android, but it's just not the same. It'd be cool if it was this full-fledged window experience, considering how transferable a Surface is to becoming a Windows computer and a tablet at the same time. Anyway, we're not, we're not a tech podcast here. We're a no. film and TV podcast. So yeah. let's move on to a question that I've been, I've been also questioning this morning. It has nothing to do with Microsoft, actually. It was prior to me getting the shot. Um, and the question was, we watched two movies this year's, this year's, this year, I'm having trouble with plurals this year in theaters. We we've only seen two movies in theaters. We've seen lots of movies outside of theaters, you know, in streaming services like Netflix, but what were those movies, Adrian, if I'm not mistaken, unless you've seen three movies and you betrayed me and went without me. No, we only watched nobody and Godzilla versus Kong. Right. And I was thinking, I don't know the answer to this. Which one of those movies was better in your opinion? Nobody. I don't actually know the answer. Oh, Nobody. Okay. That's, that's not even a fucking question, dude. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, a, that's an easy one. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Why? How about you? I was like, why? Well, yeah. Because why is it? I just think nobody is better written. It's better acted. It's, it has better action. Yeah. It's just a better movie in, by all accounts. Honestly, I, I don't. Okay. I don't see an argument where anyone could be like, Godzilla versus Kong is a better movie than nobody. I guess the only argument could be made is, is that there's more monster action. But honestly, that monster well, action, it gets boring. And they, they, it's not enough variety. Whereas in nobody, there's some crazy action. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's this, it's this crazy, bloody, gory, R-rated romp that maintains this comedic sort of tone uh, throughout it. You got Bob Odenkirk. I mean, yeah. come on. You're right. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. It's nobody's mind as well. You know, I didn't love Godzilla versus Kong. We did a, a closer look episode, which is like our bonus episodes of our podcast in which we dived deep into everything that was the that movie. Mm-hmm. And I 
Yes, I like nobody better. It is better action. It's funnier. I don't, you said that I don't know who would like Godzilla versus Kong better, but that I mean that's not necessarily a true thing. I, I'm sure lots of people specifically like Godzilla versus Kong better. Yeah, they're wrong. You know I mean, but it's fair. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Like what you like. Do what you want to do. I just disagree with you. Indeed. Well, thank you for sharing your opinion. I no appreciate worries. you. Real quick on the topic of movies, I brought up that like Spiral is out in theaters, I think last week, maybe the week prior, not being reviewed well. You don't have to. That was a weird segue on the topic of movie. We're running a movie podcast, Adrian. I don't hey, think man. you have to say that. <laughs> I just want to, I want to keep the flow going, baby. But yeah, yeah Spiral, Spiral. Yeah. Terribly reviewed. reviewed well. It's, it's unfortunate. Really bad. Yeah. It looked really good. Like I, honestly, and I don't know. I was tempted to go to like SawCon this year. SawCon? Yeah. What is that? SawCon these nuts, dude. <laughs> Got you. You son of a gun. Are you serious? There's no SawCon? <laughs> no, there's no SawCon. Well, there's so many movies. There could be a Fast and Furious Con too. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't Sorry. naming one of the names of the Fast and Furious movies, by the way. Fast and Furious Con 2 is not a, a movie, although it could be a movie in that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like con as in like you're being conned yeah yeah because now the movie basically fast and furious the trajectory of that entire series is all heist movies at this point i think i've said this on this podcast but i'm not sure that fast and furious follows the same trajectory as grand theft auto initially it's all about cars and racing and then it just becomes something completely different that it's all about heists mm-hmm. and somehow there's aliens anyway there's no aliens yet, but in Fast and Furious. No, I know. They're going to space, though. Are they? <laughs> Actually, so I'm not even that far off. No. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Yes, indeed. We had uh, one specific show correction that I've written down from last week. Every week, we kind of take a look at mistakes that we might have made in the previous episodes. Last episode, it's maybe more of a clarification than a mistake. Um, but I read up a little bit more on Woman in the Window. We watched Woman in the Window. We both kind of reviewed it last episode. We didn't really love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was interesting and fun to watch. I think you did as well. Yeah, it was all right. Right. But uh, I was looking into Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who were apparently on board the film for a little while. I had mentioned that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross the, were, were scoring the movie initially, and then it became uh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman eventually actually scored the movie. He's the composer for the movie. And Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, the reason why they dropped out of the film is because it was test screened, and it was test screened so poorly. And then Tony Gilroy came back to write reshoots. But Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross actually liked the movie they were making initially, and they were proud of it. Apparently, Tracy Letts was also proud of it as well. Tracy Letts, of course, is the initial screenwriter for Woman in the Window, and he's in the movie as well as an actor, but specifically, he's the screenwriter. And then test screenings went through, and the test audience didn't like the movie, and so then they, the production studio decided to change it. Hmm. And I just wonder, test screenings is like an old concept. It's been around forever. And if you look up, actually... Test screenings, if you look, just look up like how test screenings have changed movies over the years, like huge movies that you might not have, you know, may, may not have thought would have been changed by just having a test screening done. It's pretty crazy, actually. And some of them were changed for the better and some of them probably for the worst. For the worst, it's impossible for us to know whether this movie would have been better. But I, I do wonder whether Joe Wright and Tracy Letts's vision was not actually fulfilled here. And mm-hmm. we just got something that the studio decided to meddle in, 
which it kind of looks like I do respect Reznor and Ross because they've just made absolute masterpiece scores over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, I feel like it's fairly evident that that movie was, you know, manhandled by, 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 I guess the studio, the big execs. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I would like to see the original version because I don't think you could really make it worse. Well, I don't know about that. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, it could opinion. have been. Ma- it's a pretty bad yeah. movie, but it's still all right. And it's I still not enjoy great. It. I, but it, I didn't it like did, it. The thing I did not talk about last episode of our show that I feel like I should have maybe said is that it did kind of feel like a tale of two directors, almost like Justice League. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like there was just it did feel like meddling, but I just couldn't put my finger on what the problem was, is that the style changed. And I think you said that you called it total yeah. shift. Tonal shifts are weird. And that's probably what happened. It's strange. It's strange. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they actually worked on Bird Box. And I think you know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The great movie Bird Box that's on Netflix starring Sandra Bullock. Yeah, that's right. People mm-hmm. love that movie. I guess. It's all right. It's fine at best. It's literally just fine at best, I would say. I know. It just did really well for Netflix. I mean, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm looking for the quote here now on my phone while i'm talking to you sorry if i'm being rude incredibly rude but yeah it's fine whenever i'm over it something i sent you by text what no we don't talk outside this podcast oh must have been somebody else sorry i'm looking yeah in the wrong spot that makes sense that's why i'm looking at a blank screen when it looks at your when your number came comes up on iMessage there's no messages (laughs) that makes sense Mm-hmm. Of course. Anyway, I don't know what it was. I'm just going to I'm going to paraphrase. Anyways, they said that basically working on that movie was a fucking waste of time. <laughs> and I don't even think that's necessarily a paraphrase because it's close to what they said, I'm pretty sure. Which uh yeah, that's fair, I guess. I don't blame them. I feel like the their caliber of movie, like the movies that they're attached to. I mean, just this year or this past year alone, they were a part of two Oscar-nominated movies being Soul and um Mank. Um so I'm not really surprised that they'd be disappointed being a part of a mediocre at best film yeah i think what happened is also like they were saying that people were phoning it in as a description and they didn't like the editor who was involved and that he was phoning it in and and the i think that's why they left woman in the window because they kind of saw the same warning signs that they saw with bird box and they're like "Ah, no we're gonna leave thank you (laughs) and then they hired denny elfman that's kind of it seems like where where it went but regardless it's too bad we didn't get the woman in the window that was the initial woman in the window and the test screenings changed it. I think if I recall correctly, I was listening to a podcast. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, the podcast Smartless with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. No, it's pretty good. Actually. I I very much recommend it. Um, Mm. It's got Jason Bateman and Will Arnett literally every episode because it's never heard of them. Yeah, you have. Mm-hmm. I'm big fan. I guess for context for the audience, they're the they started out together in the rest of development. Regardless, they were talking about they were talking with Ted Sarandos from Netflix, and apparently Netflix doesn't really do the same approach to test screenings that other parts in the industry, other places commit to. Woman in the Window is an exception because it was initially a Fox movie. So of course Woman in the Window went to Netflix. But in terms of like TV shows and stuff like that, they don't do the same thing test screenings. Apparently they kind of have like creatives take a look at the like people who make or in this in industry producers that really are involved to actually take a look at movies beforehand. I mean Netflix is also buying up movies from various studios. So that's I'm guessing not always true, but that's kind of what I was gathering is that they don't hold test screenings to as much of a high regard as the rest of the industry. I'm saying Netflix doesn't. That's what I gathered from, again, Smartless with 
uh, Ted Sarandos. Seems kind of like it makes more sense than picking random people off the street and saying, hey, do you like this movie? Write down if you like this movie. And then the production company just trusting these random people and changing the film. I mean, that's that's a very bare bones description of how test screenings influence films. But in reality, that is how it goes sometimes. People were confused, apparently, with Woman in a Window, the test screening people. And that's why they changed it. Hmm. So they, they try to make it clear. It's more clear now. More clear, Adrian. Anyway. Weird. Let's move on to what we've been watching this week, shall we? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I actually do have a show correction from last week that I made. Oh. A mistake that I made, Simon. Whoa. Last week, I briefly brought up the movie Run. And for whatever reason, I said it starred the actress Sarah Palmer. Sarah Paulson. I don't know why I said Sarah Palmer. I know who Sarah Paulson is. I'm a fan of hers. Uh, but I said who's, Sarah Palmer. Who's Sarah Palmer? Doesn't exist, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. When I heard that you said Sarah Palmer, to be to be certain, I mean, I also edit this podcast. I thought that Sarah Palmer was a person. I don't know what the movie run is exactly, so I just didn't, I didn't clue in. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a person on planet Earth named Sarah Palmer. Oh, like, I'm is. sure there is someone. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah. You want to bet? Uh, you want to bet against the fact that there's a Sarah Palmer somewhere? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, Adrian. Adrian, what have you been watching this week? Uh, Simon, I've uh, let's start off with something that you haven't watched and that I did watch for sure. I mentioned it briefly on last week's episode that the final season of the Castlevania Netflix animated TV series was out and uh, I finished it. And it's really good. Castlevania being um, a video game property owned by the company Konami, which is like a Japanese com uh, company. They released games on like the SNES, Genesis, all this, all these consoles. It's fairly dormant IP um, over the past like decade or so, except for this series. And um, yeah, it's fantastic. The, the The season finale is a very great, sorry, series finale is a really great wrap up of everything that came before it. It's a very satisfying conclusion. I really loved it. Um, the premise of the show itself, if you're unfamiliar with the games and stuff, which to be fair, I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not into Castlevania lore. So I kind of just went into this show blind is it's a, it follows um, a few characters, but initially it starts off with uh, Dracula. Uh, everyone knows him, you know, everyone knows Dracula and who's that he's he's a he's a vampire where's he from and i'm uh romania romania yeah Isn't this transylvania maybe doesn't matter anyways so dracula he, he's he's uh you know he's the technically the big bad of the show hold on and the show starts transylvania is in romania i was geographically challenged there continue yeah i'm not good with geometry either man no worries anyways um that was a joke by the way just so people know that I'm not stupid. Um, but the, the, well, the show. Uh, you serious? You serious right now? No. You call me dumb? I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just joking, man. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Then, okay. I'm poking the bear. I'm poking the bear. You calling me a bear? <laughs> what does that even mean? In what context? <laughs> I think bear in like the, the gay community is like a. Yeah. Okay. That's what cool. I mean. Is, is that what you're referring to? Or am I calling you the animal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's what i was questioning anyways it doesn't matter what exactly is a bear in the gay community though just to be clear and this, i think this it's just like this i think it's just like a larger man that's like that's homosexual oh that's it like a, oh okay i, I might be wrong i may be butchering this entirely okay cool yeah. you can anyways write into us audience we'll focus podcast at gmail.com if you have 
more insights on what being a bear is because we're not going to Google it. <laughs> yeah, no. I am a supporter of LGBTQ2 plus rights, though. Me as well. Anyway, continue. So Castlevania, pretty much the premise is, you know, Dracula, he's doing his own thing. He has his own Dracula's castle and this uh, woman, uh, you know, goes to his castle. Uh, this is this takes place in like, you know, ancient, like, I guess, Roman-ish times, like way back in the day. I don't know the exact year, like in the 14, 1500s, Dark Ages. And uh, this woman from like a very like Christian village town um she wanders into dracula's castle and uh dracula wanders in yeah just wanders in uh because she's looking for like medicine or something like that and uh long story short she meets dracula dracula like threatens to kill her and she's like yeah you're not gonna kill me um i want you to show me like the way of science because dracula in his pat in his castle is just you know just light years ahead in, in science and everything like that, the way it runs, it has electricity and all that stuff. So over the course of many years, Dracula, um, you know, shows her all of that sort of stuff. They fall in love and she has a baby. Um, and at one point she wants to bring back this technology back to her, you know, town village that she's from. She goes back there and then the church deems her a witch and burns her at the stake, burns her on a cross. Dracula, obviously not a huge fan of this. Are you uh, spoiling the whole show? What's happening here? No, this is literally in the first like 10 minutes of the show. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Just uh, sure. dra- yeah, I no worries, you, man. I don't know if you prefaced with that. So I feel like somebody listening might think, wait a second. Uh, I mean, it's just the premise. But yeah, this is literally in like the first 10 minutes, if that. Dracula goes back, threatens the town, and he's like, you guys got a year, and I'm going to come back and kill all of you. Uh, and like release like demons from like hell or whatever to destroy the world. And um, it kind of goes from there. Um, the characters that, like the main characters that you end up following is a guy named uh, Trevor Belmont. And he's from like a long line of like uh, demon hunters, simply put like his family before him would hunt demons and everything like that. Um, He meets up with a woman um, who's what they call a seeker for lack of a better term, like kind of like a mage. Uh, And, you know, they team up, go on a little adventure uh, to stop Dracula. They meet uh, Dracula's son. His name's Alucard, which is Dracula backwards. And he's like a half vampire, half human. And he's also like, yeah, I should I should probably stop my dad from destroying the the world. And then the series progresses from there um, and it expands a lot um, and it gets pretty nuts. The action scenes are freaking awesome, like very like traditional, like anime style, hand drawn animation, incredibly bloody, incredibly gory, uh, very violent. It is an R rated show, so do not show your kids. Um but yeah, the show's just incredibly enjoyable. It's a very good um, just story in general. But from what I hear, a very good adaptation of the Castlevania like game series and everything like that. And um, just does a really good job on expanding that world and adding a bunch of interesting characters and developing them as the as the show progresses. Uh, like I said, the the where the show starts off and where the show ends is is very surprising to say the least um and again it just keeps on going fairly short the first season is literally four episodes 20 minutes each so you're you're done it within an hour and a half uh the second season is i believe eight episodes uh the third and the fourth i think are about 10 each uh but yeah very great uh i highly recommend it i absolutely adore this series um and i'm very happy that the conclusion of it was uh satisfactory um more than satisfactory i would say cool that's great yeah do you have any interest in Castlevania? Like this, Not this currently, series? no. No. No, it's tempting. You do uh you do sell it well, but I mm-hmm. uh I don't know. I don't know. 
I'll let you know if yeah. I ever start watching it. Yeah, man. I know you're not a big anime fan, but uh, this is also like American anime. So uh, like it, it definitely takes a lot from like that Japanese anime style without it being as tropey um, as a lot of like anime TV series end up being, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> uh, what have you watched? Um, I think we have something in common in terms of what we watched. But uh, before I get to that, I will also talk about my own thing that I don't think you watched. And it's a documentary from 2015 called The Jinx. Oh, what's it about? Yeah, it's a true crime documentary. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you listen to this show often, you'll realize that I've watched lots of true crime documentaries over this pandemic. My girlfriend's a fan. And uh, this was a really good one. And this is a really good one. It is six episodes and it just gets crazier and crazier. And it's extremely entertaining. It's about Robert Durst, who's a, a New York real estate developer who is on trial right now, actually. So it's relatively fresh in that uh, he's on trial again. I don't want to spoil too much if you don't know the story. I mean, this is in the news, but uh, this question of whether he killed his wife and uh, it just gets crazy. It's It's nuts. And the whole thing with uh, the Jinx as well is the fact that Robert Durst initially watches a movie um, about kind of about his life, like loosely based on his life. That's by a guy, a director by the name of Andrew Jarecki. This guy's like a fiction, like he's a fiction director. Like he, he directs mm-hmm. fiction, fictional stories. In this case, he directed um, All Good Things, which was loosely based on Robert Durst's life. And then Robert Durst called him and I guess he liked his portrayal in the film or whatever. And he trusted Andrew Jarecki to actually record interviews with Robert Durst. So it's Andrew Jarecki and Robert Durst in this back and forth interview throughout the show as they show the plot unfold of all of the crazy things that Robert Durst apparently might have done. And it's just insane. It, it's crazy. It just gets crazier and crazier. It ends in like a most dramatic fashion. I was so impressed that this that this went the way it did. I, I don't know. It might be my favorite true crime document documentary. I've seen a lot of them lately. So oh. I, I, I'm a big fan. And Adrian, if you're looking for one to watch, because I think you were talking about watching true crime, true crime doc- documentaries, this is one to watch, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, sorry, did you say it was a, a series or a movie? My apologies. A docu-series. Uh, my apologies. It's six oh, episodes. Okay. It's a docu-series. Uh, we, we try to watch... We watched a couple movies as well uh, over the time to- over the time we've been watching these documentary docu series, um, but we like the docu series a little better because they they take you on these twisting tales. Uh, I was a big, pretty big fan back in the day of uh, Making of a Murderer, and I watched that initially, and that's where I kind of was kind of like, oh, these docu series like murder mystery docu series are pretty cool, uh, but I hadn't really watched any after that. It was again my girlfriend who was the catalyst that kind of got me to watch more of them and this one watch the staircase which i think is really good too this one is again particularly entertaining it is worth the watch i think it's this is kind of kick-started a lot of these other documentaries that came after it as well and uh worth the watch interest what uh is it on a streaming service sorry it is in canada it's on crave in in the united mm. states i'm i don't know for sure but it is an hbo series initially so it must be on hbo max so I watched okay. it on Crave. I uh, you said that you canceled Crave, I think, recently. Yeah, I did. I did. 
Um, yeah. I do want to hop back into Crave. I know, like, I mean, Euphoria is going to start up again soon, so that's definitely something I want to watch. And I still haven't finished season three of Westworld and, like, season two of Succession and all of that stuff. So I got quite a bit of content, but I think I just want to get through everything I'm watching now um, and then eventually just pick it back up again. Cause... Yeah, I was confused when you told me you canceled Crave, especially because of Succession. I was like, what? Mm. You didn't even, you started Succession season two and just didn't finish it. That was a, that was a puzzler for me a little bit because Crave has a lot of content. Like it's it's probably yeah. one of my favorite streaming services. I, I just feel like I watch a lot of things on it. Every time I look up in the, in the Apple TV app, where is this? It often is in, in Crave. So that's kind of where I've been watching mm-hmm. a lot of shit. But anyways, yeah, good show. And we've both been watching something else. Uh, we both watched the Zack Snyder film, Army of the Dead, if I'm not mistaken. We did indeed, my friend, or at least I did. I did indeed. Nice, I watched did. it. I just, uh, we're recording this like five minutes late because I specifically was just finishing Army of the Dead. I just finished. Oh. Yeah. Well, what are your fresh thoughts, man? When did you watch it? I watched it yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, my fresh thoughts. I, wow. <laughs> Holy plot holes, Batman. That's my oh. fresh thoughts. That's the, if I was going to uh, sum it up in a sentence. I hate plot holes. This is the damn holy movie. I don't know what the deal is. But the action's great. I love Dave Bautista in it. The ensemble cast was pretty entertaining. It was pretty funny at times. I think that the, I think Zack Snyder excels at action sequences and he didn't disappoint here. I think his music choices are also phenomenal in pretty much every movie. So he did a great job here. I mean, he was, I believe, a, he started out as a music video director, somebody who really excels at these really quick shots paired with great music, well edited together. But regardless, you kind of get that vibe that he makes great trailer-like movies that they're exciting all the way through. But in this case, I thought that the story didn't make... It made sense, but it didn't make as much sense as I wanted it to. To give it a beef... A beef. A beef. I ate beef for dinner while I was watching this movie as well. I don't know if you can tell. But to give it a brief summary of what uh, happens in the movie... It's a zombie apocalypse in Las Vegas specifically. The city is quarantined off. And this team of people decides to go into Las Vegas, in which there is a lot of cash because there's all the casinos there, and break into a casino. And it's a heist movie in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, which is a brilliant concept, honestly. I thought that was really cool. And I don't think I've seen that before. I mean, it might exist, but that that's the greatest thing about it is that it is very original in that concept. I think heist yeah, man, movies I, work very well as ensemble films, and so do yeah. zombie movies. So that's a great combo. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think they he did a good job bringing in, like Zack Snyder did a good job in bringing in a lot of original ideas into a, quite frankly, a fairly unoriginal sort of genre at this point. This movie is, I would say, far more heist heavy than action heavy personally i think there's some good action scenes but there's actually like when you really think about it there's not too many in comparison to i don't know his like dawn of the dead uh remake movie as a as an example the movie that kind of started him uh off and i think this movie's also quite a bit funnier than i expected it to be it's i i would almost consider it a comedy it's very self-aware um, which I really appreciated. In terms of the plot holes, I I can see a couple, um, but nothing really huge stuck out to me. There's actually just one in particular um, in relation to the end of the movie that that stuck out to me the most, uh, which just kind of didn't make sense, which is kind of unfortunate. 
I think the movie doesn't really stick the landing. I think uh, it, it almost falls flat a bit. However, the movie as a whole, I quite liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. I think the cast itself is really great. I think Tig Notaro, um, surprisingly, might be my favorite um, member of the cast. Uh, she did a really good job in the movie, um, added a lot of like comedy and levity. Um, the, the, the one, um, guy's name escapes me. He's, he's like the blonde dude. I forget like the, the actor's name. The he's actor's like the blonde name? German dude. Yeah. I forget the actor's name. Did you ever know that actor's name? I've never seen him in anything else. I could have sworn he, he I've seen him in a bunch of random shit. Maybe not a bunch. Um, Matthias, Matthias Schweigergover. What have you seen him in? Actually nothing. I think I was mixing him up with, oh, I definitely was mixing this guy up with, um, the one dude from game night. The blonde guy from Game Night. They don't. They look kind of similar. Just <laughs> blonde white dudes. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he was a very welcome addition. He he was pretty hilarious. And again, I think this movie benefits from being very self aware. And again, just bringing in these original ideas in a very unoriginal sort of setting. They they literally just call zombies zombies. So they they go a route that is very unoriginal while bringing in a lot of original elements again that cross between a heist movie and a zombie movie is really cool it's a great idea and again just keeping it funny i would say all throughout it i think where this movie misses most notably is in its emotional beats um i just didn't give a fuck <laughs> i don't know about you but anytime I, they try I to never make- i just to be clear when there's emotional beats in a movie I'm invested in the characters. So like, uh, I think you kind of said that with Godzilla versus Kong as well. Mm -hmm. I don't mind emotional beats when they make sense. None of the emotional beats made sense at the time in which they were happening. And that's the issue for me. Those are plot holes. Mm -hmm. Just so so we're clear. It's not about the fact that they're emotional beats in the movie. That's fine. I want emotional beats because I always want to resonate with the characters. I know that you have a, you think that like action can sit on its own. I don't believe so. I, I think that I have to be invested in John Wick to watch a John Wick movie. If I'm not, then I don't like the movie. It's the same thing here. If I'm not invested in the characters, I'm not going to like it. And it's not about the emotional beats for me. It's about the fact that they don't fit in the timeline that they've placed them. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really picking up on what you're referring to. So you're going to have to never tell me because we don't talk outside this podcast. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't like, want to spoil it. That's the important thing. But honestly, yeah. I, can, I can just give it away. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to tell the plot point. It's basically moments where they're having these emotional moments, connections between characters when there's no time. They literally say there is no time, but they keep wasting time. They're sitting there looking into each other's eyes and they're like, oh, father-daughter moment oh spousal moment no one cares you're literally out of time you just said you're out of time a second ago why are you wasting it yeah that's actually a good point yeah yeah, yeah. It, good call on that that's why i don't I, care every time that happens i'm like what the hell get going yeah no i, I definitely agree with you it was it was quite frustrating actually at times i'm like why the like why are you guys talking right now like you literally i i do agree with you 100 that is a very good point because there are multiple times where like we only have an hour and 21 minutes left and then they waste five minutes talking about, you know, like, oh, I wish I thought I screwed up our relationship or some some random bullshit like that. And it's like, dude, I really don't care. Just take the money and get the like, get the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I still think the movie's like enjoyable. I think it's worth a watch. I think uh, like it's not top tier cinema by any means. And I. I like, I don't think it's Zack Snyder's best movie. 
by any stretch. I think the Dawn of the Dead remake is miles better. Mind you, that movie leans a little bit more into the horror elements as opposed to this one, which, again, I would say leans into that campy sort of comedic uh, style more so. They're they're fairly different movies, albeit the, the, the same zombie genre. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I think it's I think it's one of the better Netflix original movies that I can kind of think of off the top of my head. Like it's no really? marriage story or anything like that, but it's I would say it's better than a, the woman in the window or um, what was that movie called with Chris Hemsworth extraction or the old guard. Like I, I enjoyed this movie more than those movies as an example. Oh, oh okay. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, there's so many Netflix movies out there now. It's it's I'm not going to go through them all and this one's which ones this one beats. But um, yeah, I just yeah, I, again, I don't hate this movie. And I'm not saying that I just the plot holes are like, why? I don't know what, what the deal is with the timing and the, the it's just strange. There's a lot of mm. moments where I'm just like, I don't get it. Why did you write that in? What's the point? Uh, yeah even in the beginning there's this like incredible action sequence with this woman who i i, I swear they didn't introduce <laughs> but suddenly she's on the ensemble team fine it's fine and then she's you know that she finds the a coyote no it was a character that was less introduced the coyote was pretty much introduced in the story so not her i don't oh i know actually exa- many oh, sorry yeah, many yeah action sequences with the coyote yeah i know who you're talking about but this character is so badass. Probably the best action sequence in the film. She's like so badass. And she just doesn't tell her team something crucial. And I'm like, what? But why didn't you tell them? They just though? scream it. Yeah. But it's not even screaming. You have walkies. You, you, you just saw your team multiple times. Uh, even your team didn't ask. Sometimes the team members stand there doing nothing to help people. And I'm just like, okay, I guess we're expected to think this person's going to die now. I just don't get that. That that just seems stupid to me. It, she's not, she wasn't upstream without a paddle or downstream without a paddle, whatever one is the correct way to say that she wasn't, you know, completely screwed. Mm-hmm. But I just find that like there was lots of moments where some of these characters are not necessarily completely screwed and they could have said something or radio. They have radios. I think they forgot. I think maybe the, Zack Snyder, did he forget that the team has radios at some point? Because there was moments where I'm like, why aren't they radioing each other? Again, that's the negatives, which is, it, it's a big thing for me because I, mm. I think story is the, the backbone of the, of the movie. But the action sequences, I think are great. I think the heist movie idea is great. It's it's original in that aspect. And there's, a, there's some pretty good moments in it overall. And I think the way it's shot is really cool. And it brings a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. I just think that again, why? Why is the story this way in so many moments? In fact, the plot holes start from the beginning, right from the beginning. And I, and I can give, I can give that away as well if you want. Yeah, do it. But who cares? It's like the first, like, begin- five it's literally in the first five minutes. Yeah. The zombie apocalypse starts in the first five minutes. They kind of show how it starts in Las Vegas. And for some reason, there's an army team at ground zero. And, they radio to say, hey, we just had a car crash. There's a crash, like a truck crash, and the zombie's getting out or whatever. The, 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 the payload has been compromised. And the person on the other end of the line is like, you should get out of there. I'm sorry, is this the U.S. Postal Service? These are army men. <laughs> Why wouldn't they just shoot it? 
Yeah, I agree with you. What? <laughs> it's just yeah, like when was he when, calling his wife on the phone and she's like, "You should leave. It's dangerous." Like, uh, no, she. You, they were calling t- the base. They were calling the army base. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. It's just like, yeah, you guys got to get the hell out of there right now. Just listen to me. Get out of there with no context. It's like these guys just have a bunch of guns. Like, wh- yeah. why? Why wouldn't you just be like, just throw a grenade into the payload right now? Yeah, throw <laughs> like, a grenade into it. Yeah, just like do something. But yeah, again, a lot of the like plot holes are. Uh, are specifically done for plot convenience to like progress the movie forward because they can't, I guess in this case, Zack Snyder couldn't find a more convenient way to get from Come point on. A to point B, which is unfortunate because I, I you, uh, I can <laughs> right now. It's not, I, I'm not even bragging though. Like I, I could write a better plot in those moments. Like the first moment, like seriously, just have them fail. You don't need to have her say that at all. That's not necessary. Don't tell, don't have the person say run away these got the thing's gonna kill you. Like you know, it's a zero, literally a ground zero type infection that this he's whatever this beast is is infected by this disease. So you need to take him down immediately. That should literally be the command. That's not mm. a worth risk. That's not a worth risk. That's not a risk worth taking. There's lots of moments like that. I just don't get it. There's moments you can have like these moments of connection between the characters, and you can make them emotional. But you just got to do them up the right times and if you're going to say that you only have 20 minutes left or 30 minutes left make sure that your movie at least lines up with that timeline and 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 you don't have people standing around talking to each other about how they're lo- uh, they were lost loves or how you know you want to repair or mend your relationship no Just, yeah you got to do that when you have the moments in the beginning of the movie when you're not in a, a pressure situation when you have no time that mm-hmm. that would be the time when you, you're going to do that i so. agree with you Anyway. The, uh, real quick. Um, yeah, the one thing I just like absolutely hate about this movie, though, is the daughter. She's just it. She's just a stupid idiot. It's just that typical like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and I'm not going to listen to anyone. Anyone's common sense. She's just a dumbass. And I hate that freaking plot element in movies. I feel like it's overplayed. Nobody acts like that. And as soon as you like introduce a character, I feel like I, I lose a lot of any sort of emotional attachment to characters that are freaking stupid. And I feel like I've mentioned this before uh, movies like alien. Uh, what's that? The most recent alien movie where I'm like, it's just the dumbest scientists on planet earth that were sent to this new planet and they're making the dumbest decisions. And at that point it's like, I just don't care what happens to you. And I again, I feel like this movie kind of suffers from that most notably because of the daughter. And she's just so frustratingly dumb and I don't know, I, I, I hate that shit. And uh, I feel like that entire element shouldn't have been in this movie at all. This movie would have been 10 times better if they didn't do the, hey, Dave Bautista has a daughter that he's having like a tumultuous relationship with. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to say the least. And I don't know, that that's the one thing that, I, that genuinely annoyed me about this movie. And it honestly makes me not want to watch the movie again because of how frustrated I got with her character. I was frustrated as well. And honestly, I thought of you uh, with the scientists that you talked about at the alien, in the alien movie because of the, actually just from the beginning of the movie with the soldiers mm-hmm. who seemed just as stupid. There's even a moment again, this is less than 10 minutes in where one of the guys stops and he's like, I guess I'm far enough. They only ran like 200 meters. Like, yeah, I know they like went over a hill. And they witnessed their buddies get murdered. Yeah. 
in a very like aggressive and violent way like this this zombie just ran out of this this truck and just destroyed them in a couple of seconds while they had assault rifles on them and they were shooting it and 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 they for one, they missed every shot. They're like freaking stormtroopers. Um, <laughs> but but on top yeah. of that, it's just like, yeah, let's run over this hill. We're okay. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're gonna die. Like as soon as that happened, I was like, oh my god. Like how? No, like, that was the problem. Yeah, is that that's the tone it set. And then I was like, I can't now. And I'm gonna be looking for every damn plot hole because the, the damn pandemic, the zombie pandemic, was caused by these idiots who were so stupid. Mm-hmm. Who would give them a gun? First of all, who would even give them a driver's license? They're so dumb. They are the dumbest people probably on planet Earth. They're dumber yeah. than the daughter, honestly. At least the daughter was doing something that was, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, me neither. I don't love it. I like the action sequences. I like the style. I like the ideas, the, the skeleton. But when you get to the fine tune elements and look any deeper than the surface level, you're like, what the hell? Why was this written this way? Yeah. So. And the more I talk about it, the less I like it. I, I would almost make the argument that this might be Zack Snyder's worst movie. Um, or the movie I liked the least. I know Sucker Punch is like regarded as its worst movie. I kind of like that movie. I guess maybe objectively it's probably the worst movie out of it. But I don't know. I, I would I would argue that this is very low on my Zack Snyder list. To be fair, I like I like all of his movies. So it's not saying too much. But yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I'd yeah. watch this again. If I wanted to watch a zombie movie that had like Zack Snyder's flair to it, I would just watch the Dawn of the Dead remake because it is a genuinely awesome zombie movie. Um, yeah, that I think does. Yeah, it just does the zombie genre better in every way. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I'm sorry, Zack. I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. Still love you though. Still a big fan of your work. And we obviously he's obviously listening to this podcast, of mm. course. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the news, shall we? Sure. Excellent. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as publication Variety reports, HBO Max has greenlit a Batman animated series called Batman: Caped Crusader from producer Bruce Tim, who originally brought us the very well-regarded Batman animated series from the 90s, starring Kevin Conroy as Batman and Mark Hamill as the Joker. The series is planned to have an executive producing triumvirate of sorts, with The Force Awakens director J.J. Abrams and the Batman director Matt Reeves also a part of the producing team. To speak of their excitement for the launch of the new series, Tim, Abrams, and Reeves put out a statement saying, quote, we are beyond excited to be working together to bring this character back to tell engrossing new stories in Gotham City. The series will be thrilling, cinematic, and evocative of Batman's noir roots while diving deeper into the psychology of these iconic characters. We cannot wait to share this new world, unquote. Following the news of the Batman TV series, Warner Brothers announced an HBO Max Superman coming-of-age animated TV show called My Adventures with Superman that is set to star the boys' actor, Jack Quaid as Superman, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist actor, Alice Lee, as Lois Lane. This particular series is meant to follow Clark, Lois, and Jimmy Olsen as they establish their journalistic chops while Clark learns what it means to be Superman. Adrian, what do you think about these new animated shows? I know you love the animated genre. The animated series is Sirai, as I believe they're called. Um, well, Simon, uh, I'm pretty intrigued by this. Um, I enjoyed uh, what I watched 
um, from the Batman, the animated series. I don't think I watched all of it, but I definitely watched most of it. Uh, that's actually the that's actually where Harley Quinn got introduced in the in the Batman, the animated series. And now she's indeed, you know, a, a canon character in the in the comic series. Obviously, we have Margot Robbie um, playing her on the uh, live action screen. So that's pretty cool. Um, this is obviously a really awesome team bringing this uh Batman series to life on HBO Max. I'm curious, like, is this is this series going to be connected to the original Batman the Animated Series, or are they going in fully fresh? Is this a full reboot? Do we know if Mark Hamill is coming back as the Joker and Kevin Conroy as Batman? Have they announced any of that stuff, or is this just in the very early stages? Uh, it seemed like early stages to me. I didn't see anything about it being a sequel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I just missed it. Yeah, because I mean, technically, the Batman the Animated Series did have the sequel, like have a sequel series, which was Batman Beyond, like that animated series. So, um, yeah, that was like many years after, though. Exactly. So, so they uh, could do something in between, like a yeah, it's definitely in between, possible in betweenquel, in betweenquel. Yeah, definitely a possibility. But again, this is a, I mean, obviously a very good team attached to it. Uh, we've spoken about, you know, how I'm, how we're both kind of a little bit iffy on JJ Abrams recently due to the travesty that rise of Skywalker was. But I mean, again, Matt Reeves is phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of the planet of the apes trilogy, like the rebooted trilogy. And I can't wait for the Batman TV show. However, I mean, with Matt Reeves, obviously being attached to not only this show, but the, the Gotham PD show that they're making and the Batman movies, he's kind of like the guy that is heading Batman realistically yeah which he's is, alfred yeah yeah which is kind of cool like i feel like this is the first time that you know we have one guy almost not necessarily controlling but you know he has his hands in a bunch of baskets all related to the same character in different i mean not necessarily different universes but i don't know i, I feel like that's kind of interesting it's cool i feel like they wouldn't bring matt reeves in on this unless they were confident that the batman movie is going to be good that's my that's my outlook on this. I don't know if you agree. Possibly. Possibly. Ah, my confidence for Matt Reeves is based on like Planet of the Apes and other movies that he's done that are very well regarded mm-hmm. and less so what DC decides cuz honestly, I don't trust what they decide currently. Yep. I don't know. Fair point. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you there. But I I do have confidence in Matt Reeves. The the thing is as well is that kind of threw me off a little bit, although I I, I still have confidence in Matt Reeves. It's just that um, Terrence Winter, mm-hmm. uh, he left the show, unfortunately, like the Gotham PD show that's going to HBO Max that Matt Reeves is also a part of. Yeah. So that was kind of kind of disappointing because I feel like Terrence Winter knows how to make a really good crime drama show like with Boardwalk Empire. So I I don't know. I, I kind of I was kind of worried at that point. Although they did hire that uh, what's that guy's name now? The, the uh, Giri Haji. Uh oh yeah, showrunner. Damn, I forgot the guy's name. I can't think of it. I will look Sorry. it up now. I'm just typing it into the Googles. Actually, Bing. I'm starting to use Bing now. <laughs> so way better, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Way better. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Bing. Bing is the best. Actually, you know what? I'm just gonna ask Cortana, who is the uh who is the <laughs> showrunner for <laughs> for Geary Hadji? It's Joe Barton. Oh, thank you. You got to it faster. No worries. It's me, Cortana. Yeah, right. You sure sound like her. Wow, that's a a spot-on impression, Adrian. Wow. 
Yeah, no worries. No worries, man. That's what I'm here for. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Joe Barton, which you love Geary Hadji, and it's like a 99% or something ridiculous in Rotten Tomatoes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a perfect 100. Ooh, the yeah. perfect 100. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, this is interesting. I'm I'm intrigued about that. The Superman series, uh, I'm a little bit less so. I'm not a huge Superman fan. I don't care too much about him, but obviously... I mean, like, I like Jack Quaid. He does a good job in The Boys, and I think it's pretty cool that, you know, he gets to play Clark Kent in this animated universe. The premise of it seems pretty cool, too. It almost kind of reminds me of Smallville a little bit more so, but I guess a little bit post-Smallville, um, the, the TV series that that's based on Superman, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that seems interesting enough, but I'm definitely far more invested into Batman and Batman lore and me too. If I were to watch any one of these series, I would most definitely choose the Batman series over this. I'm curious if they're going to try to push this into a direction that this like Batman series and the Superman series are going to connect in some way and create oh. like a wider animated universe. They already kind of do that with the animated movies and how there's like a all, all their animal sorry not animal movies all their animated movies are slightly connected from what i understand and and all take place in like a similar universe or different universes depending on what movie is what or whatever uh they also announced most recently a injustice movie animated movie that they're coming out with too which is pretty cool Ooh. injustice being the uh the, i guess I, I can't recall if it started as a game or started as a comic book but it's pretty much just Superman, sorry, Joker makes Superman kill Lois Lane and then Superman kills uh, Superman kills the Joker. And then it's just like Batman and Superman, like these two, like on opposing sides, trying to, you know, make the world a better place, but have very opposing views on how to do it. And I, th- I feel like that's going to be a pretty good uh, movie. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if they're going to connect that together. Do you think they will? I don't know. They're kind of going different directions with these as well. Like bringing mm-hmm. on Tim, who was uh, like part of the first animated series it seems to indicate to me that the Bruce Tim 90s series will be connected to this one but the Superman series will be on its own I guess honestly Warner Brothers can push anybody in any direction so I feel like they could just force them to connect but I don't think I think it would be kind of square peg in a round hole type of forcing because I I do think they're going to follow the same trajectory of the animated series the batman animated series from the 90s in the batman the new batman series produced by abrams tim mm-hmm. and in reefs yeah hmm. yeah anyway i guess we'll just have to wait and find out indeed number two as variety has reported massive media conglomerate warner media and slightly smaller but feisty media company discovery have struck a merger deal to combine their assets into a multimedia juggernaut Current Warner Media owner, the telecom giant AT&T, led by CEO John Stanky, decided to get out of the film, TV, and streaming business to focus on their core telecommunications business and to give AT&T what Stanky calls, quote, the right capital structure, unquote. The streaming content business is a highly competitive space, with powerhouse Netflix clearly in command of an impressive lead. AT&T was simply and understandably not willing to make the telecom side of AT&T suffer in order to invest the required capital to compete with the likes of Netflix, Disney, and Amazon in the cutthroat race for content. With the merger 
highly regarded Discovery CEO David Zaslov will assume control of the combined company, whereas current Warner Media CEO Jason Kalar's position is very much up in the air. To put things into perspective, this new multimedia giant now controls HBO, Warner Brothers properties such as the Harry Potter universe and the DC Comics universe, TBS, TNT, CNN, Discovery Channel, Oprah Winfrey Network, HGTV, Food Network, and TLC. The deal is expected to officially close mid-year 2022. Adrian, big moves. What are you thinking? Yeah, this is like huge moves. This is super surprising and kind of interesting. I don't know if you remember, but um, I, I guess it was maybe a year ago. It was fairly recent, uh, but Warner Media was looking to sell off its like games division, actually, and was like looking to sell off all of its like studios and IPs. So like um, Rocksteady that you know develops like the Batman Arkham franchise and all of that stuff. It almost seemed like yeah, they were they were going to sell off all of that information. AT and T sorry information all, all that sort of ip and those studios because at&t didn't want anything a part of it and then they kind of went off sale like no one bought it there was a lot of speculation uh even speculation as far as like microsoft purchasing these like studios and that sort of warner brothers gaming end and uh when that kind of went away i was like oh i guess nothing's really changing there and then this happens which i find incredibly yeah interesting what i think the most interesting and almost coolest part about this is is that john stanky um he's just straight up honest and pretty much just says like hey like there's already enough competition in this i don't like i don't want to reduce what at&t can do in their telecommunications department and invest into arguably a very high risk sort of thing and just pulled out. And I think that's really cool. And it's just like this big company just admitting like, yeah, we we can't compete or not, maybe not necessarily they can't compete, but them just simply saying it's not worth competing in this area when you have yeah, these let's like give, let's give them let's give Warner Media a fighting chance. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you have these big these other big production companies and, and, and studios coming in like with uh, you know, like Paramount plus and all that sort of shit. And again, like he's not wrong. This is arguably one of the most competitive markets currently. And he's just kind of backing off, which I, I respect <laughs> if for like a huge, you know, like I guess a multi-millionaire dude, it, it just seems like a, a, a cool decision. And you know, you're kind of just giving Warner media the free reigns. Like hey, you guys do you. Um, and again, putting all this together, you know, like HBO, Warner brothers, uh, Harry Potter universe, even though that's on NBC's Peacock or whatever the hell they, they sold the streaming rights to that, but, you know, bringing in discovery channel and especially food network, you know, like this is a lot of high quality channels and content that you can easily fold into HBO max now. Potentially. Yeah. There's no, um, confirmation yet. As far as I saw, maybe there will be. (laughs) <laughs> when this airs on on Monday, but uh, th- there was no confirmation what would happen because there's already Discovery Plus apparently, and so the combination of the two will it be under one subscription fee or will it be under you know just under the HBO Max umbrella yeah. and you just get Discovery Channel? That doesn't seem to be clear yet. But yeah, yeah. like are they going to go the Disney route where they have Disney Plus and Hulu, or are they going to go you know the the other route where they're just going to fold it into one? Like and- Disney, actually, again. 
Yeah, yeah. Star. <laughs> yeah, Disney with Star, but, yeah. I guess, here in Canada. And the other regions that are not, yeah, that not mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah, yeah, the United States one is interesting. Like, I, I think that they should just kind of just combine them. Yeah. Like, make Hulu a tab in Disney+. Plus. That, that seems to be a better strategy. I, I actually... I kind of uh, threw a lot of shade at Star, but I started to respect it more and more the more I saw how much content there was on there. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a real competitor when you when you put it all together like that. So yeah, it's I agree. Impressive. Yeah. The only thing I still think is puzzling is Deadpool still not on there, but whatever. Yeah, Deadpool. Oh, yeah, the first one, right? They have the second one on there or vice versa. Right, yeah. Um, the streaming rights thing probably. Yeah. With Deadpool 1. Mm-hmm. But no, no, I definitely agree with you because yeah, like when, to be fair, when star launched here in Canada, there was like no original content. It was just a bunch of old shit. Um, I mean, there, there's some high quality older stuff on there, but there was nothing new, but I guess most recently, like that Marvel Modoc series, which is a Hulu original, that's a star original here in Canada. So that's on uh, star oh, right that's now. Sweet. There's oh. a, there's the, uh, show solar opposites, which, um, is, God, what the fuck's the guy's name from Rick and Morty? Why am I forgetting his name? Not Dan Harmon. Justin Roiland. Uh, Justin Roiland's like other show, Solar Opposites. That's a Hulu original. We got that here on Star in Canada. And that was like, Ooh. that's been airing weekly. So it's kind of cool. Like I feel initially I was a little bit hesitant. I was like, okay, cool. We're just going to get a bunch of old crap. But it now seems like Disney's getting their shit straight. And I'm hoping that a lot of these day and date Hulu releases that are Hulu originals in the States are going to be Star originals everywhere else. Um, because again, I think Modoc might be the first series. Don't quote me on this. But might be the first series or Hulu original content that's launching day and date on Hulu and star. So it's a, it's, it's nice. It's nice. And that Modoc series actually looks pretty freaking hilarious. It's that like robot chicken art style. Patton Oswalt plays yeah. Modoc. John Hamm is Iron Man. Like it's a, it's a very good cast. So I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, 88% are Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 88% is pretty, uh, nothing to scoff at. So that's actually pretty good. Cool. Like I, I didn't realize that was going to come to Disney. Yeah, actually, I, the only reason I know about that is I literally saw an ad today, like scrolling through Facebook. I just saw like Modoc now streaming on Star. I was like, oh, sweet. Um, because I remember watching the trailer a few months back and it being a Hulu original and you know, going back and forth. I was like, are we going to get it here or not? Like, again, like we had movies like Palm Springs that came out on Hulu and we didn't get it in Canada for months. And then it released on Amazon Prime, thankfully. But like, you couldn't even yeah, rent that shit, which was incredibly frustrating too. I imagine something like Palm Springs comes out now and it just launched right on Disney Plus for us. Mm-hmm. Like with, within Star, I mean. Just yeah, like I hope cool. so. Yeah, that's that is sweet that it came out day and date, like the same day it came out on Hulu. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it is really good. But cool. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 really interesting stuff. Cool moves being made by, I guess, AT&T and Warner Media. And I'm curious if that'll mean anything for us here in Canada, if that means Crave will get more content as a result or not, or I doubt it, but I guess we'll uh, just have to wait and see. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, Crave seems to keep making deal separately like i actually one thing i watched i watched one episode of it so i didn't want to talk too much about it uh but made for love which is uh stars kristen maloti from specifically from palm springs yeah and she that's an hbo max original it isn't on crave i thought it was initially and it wasn't it ended up being on amazon which doesn't make a lot of sense so Mm. like they seem to be making independent deals with each of the streamers in Canada and they're bypassing Bell. I guess Bell lost the deal for that one. Yeah. It's strange. That show is actually pretty good so far though. First oh. episode. Not bad, by the way. Cool. 
maybe I'll check it out. Uh, I know they uh, they just launched uh, Wonder Woman 1984 on Crave as well. Yeah, they plan to do that. Yeah, that's. I'm tempted to just get the subscription to watch it. I heard it was so bad, though. Actually, I keep hearing that over and over. I, everyone I've asked whether they watched it, they're like, "There's a plot hole in it," and I was like, "A oh, plot hole? No, <laughs> you're talking <laughs> to the wrong guy." I I should watch it though because I feel like it's still important. But um, people didn't seem to love it as much as I thought it would. Like, I mean, the style of it, the the trailers were so great. I was just so disappointed to hear that. But mm-hmm. anyway, whatever. Yeah, I'll make my own decision when I watch it. Indeed. Alrighty. Cool. Moving on to number three. Number three. As website Collider reports, director Denis Villeneuve's adaptation of Frank Herbert's epic science fiction novel Dune will be exclusively coming to theaters after all. At the end of 2020, then Warner Media CEO Jason Kalar had made the bombshell announcement that all 17 of the 2021 blockbuster movies would be heading to HBO Max day and date alongside their theatrical releases. This essentially abolished the theatrical exclusivity window for huge movies like DC's Suicide Squad, Godzilla vs. Kong, and of course, Dune. Many Warner Brothers film creators, like directors Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve, publicly expressed their concern and disappointment for this decision. Most of these creatives also mentioned that they were barely, if at all, given any sort of heads up prior to the earth-shattering reveal. Interestingly, Dune, like March blockbuster Godzilla vs. Kong, is actually 75% financed by Legendary Pictures. When the 2021 HBO Max release announcement was made, Legendary Pictures fought with Warner Media while reportedly threatening legal action to negotiate better terms for how Godzilla vs. Kong would launch on the streaming service. The same negotiations seem to have taken place for Dune as well, with the end result of these negotiations being a 45-day theatrical exclusivity window for Dune when it finally hits theaters on October 1st, 2021. The film's initial debut will be at the prestigious Venice Film Festival in September. Adrian, Dune. Dune is coming to theaters, and I hope we can go watch it. What are you thinking about this? Dune, this is freaking awesome. This is like 10 out of 10 best news I've heard this year. Maybe not. But this is just really great. It's it's the director won. Denis Villeneuve won against you know Warner Media and they are getting he's getting to put his movie in the theaters as opposed to on a streaming service. And I remember specifically when we talked about that initial story uh, last year now as one of our earlier episodes when they mentioned like, oh, yeah, like all these movies are going to HBO Max. And and um, we we talked about how Christopher Nolan wasn't a fan of it and how De- Denny Villeneuve was pretty upset about it. And I posed the question uh, to you whether or not you thought that they might reverse that decision. And uh, I don't, I don't necessarily remember your response. I feel like you were kind of hesitant on, on, on being like, yeah, yeah, they will or no, they won't. Um, hope, hope for the best, plan for the worst. Exactly. And um, it's freaking awesome that it's happening. He he got what he wanted. This movie's going into theaters instead of, instead of on this streaming service that people can watch at home. And I'm super happy about that because I know for a fact. I mean, Denny Villeneuve's movies are phenomenal. He makes th- these big artistic. Movies that I, I think beg to be watched on the big screen. Um, and I'm very happy about that. You mentioned hoping that we can watch it in theaters. I'm going to briefly talk about the new lockdown rules that like our Ontario government just recently made and, and, and the, and the three step process on reopening. If you look at it, we Four are steps, 
Oh my god, fucking god damn it. <laughs> they called we, it three steps, but there's still the first step is step zero, I guess, because they decided not to number it. They have problems with numbers and with colors, but thank God they removed the color coding system because it, it, it was atrocious. Yeah. So, but we're not going to get summer movies. Like the summer movie season is essentially done for us here in Ontario. The, the way this plan is made out, at the earliest, we're going to have theaters open in fucking August or something like that. And it's so beyond frustrating because it's obvious these people up top in, in, in the on like in the government don't know what the fuck they're doing with all these stupid rules being like, hey, yeah, golf courses are safe today, um, the day of a recording before the stay at home order ends where a bunch of people from different house- households, presumably meet up outside and just like hang out together probably not keeping their distance, but no, I can't go into a movie theater where mind you Cineplex ran things amazingly. I felt safe. I felt confident. I, I going into that, you know, masks were mandatory. You sit in your assigned seating. There's a proper distance between everyone, but no, I can't get that shit because of the incompetence of this Ontario government. And I'm just so beyond frustrated. Like we're not going to be able to watch black widow in theater. And we're not, it's just, I'm just so pissed off. I'm genuinely so angry reading those. Like when, when I was listening to Ford's announcements on Thursday, this past Thursday and him talking about all this shit, all I could think of like your entire team is incompetent. You guys are living under a fucking rock and don't know what the hell's going on. Nobody is even following this stay at home order. I, I literally went on a little walk uh, with my dog around my town and I'm like, okay, you know, there's, you know, there's a bunch of people walking, which is fine. Obviously, you're walking your dog. And I was like, I'm curious. And I drove down to Riverside Park in Guelph, Ontario. There were literally like 30 plus kids running around that playground, jumping around, doing whatever the hell they want. Nobody's following this shit anymore. And now anything well, that's enjoyable, I can't even do. I, I just want to go to the freaking theaters, man. I've been following the rules. I've been taking my time. I got my goddamn first dose of the vaccine. I just want to go to the movie theater, Simon. That's all I want. Me too. I, I would say in defense of the government, even though I don't really like the conservative government under Ford, uh, I don't know what you're supposed to do, though, because they, they made an order in which they were going to stop people for spot checks to find out where they were going, and that was a huge uproar. People were panicking. That was like all over the news. Even in the US, people were talking negatively about how that, that could happen. And, and also, they shut down playgrounds which you just referenced, and they again an uproar. Why do the playgrounds have to be shut down? And they did the same thing with the golf courses. People were freaking out. I don't know. There's so much pressure to keep things open, and people aren't following the rule, the basic rules that exist. So it's like you got this weird rock in a hard place where people just don't want to behave properly. I, I don't know. In this case, I don't know. It's like there's been lots of weird choices that the Ford government's made. Like for instance, the coming out of lockdown in. Mm. January, February, whenever we did that, yeah, just to go stupid. right into another one when we everyone knew that the cases weren't low enough. That just wasn't a smart plan because we were already in a third wave before we left that lockdown. So what happened there? But this is like one of those things like, what are you supposed to do? People want to reopen. And then I don't know, like people also don't want to reopen because they're not following any rules. It's not me, Adrian. None of the neighbors, my neighbors, none of the people down the street, none of them think it's them, but they're all breaking the rules. And that's the issue. Well, the no issue, one wants to believe it's yeah. their family. 
Yeah, man, it's it's so incredibly frustrating because the the people like us that that are like following these rules or at least attempting to are being punished the most with a bunch of these like fucking people that mind you, like we have some mutual friends as well that if you don't want to get the vaccine, whatever, I don't care. Ultimately, it's your choice. But the people that are like, no, I don't want to get the vaccine and then go fuck off outside and hang out with a bunch of different people upon people. It's like you are the reason why I'm still stuck indoors and I still don't have a goddamn movie theater to go to because of your stupid selfishness. And it's so beyond frustrating. Like I'm not like, again, I we've spoken about this before, like our politics and everything. And I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of just like, you know, the conservative government, nor the liberal government, whatever. But I'm just in such a, I'm in such a frustra- constant state of frustration of what is going on. And more and more, it's just like, why the hell am I following these rules when literally nobody else is? It feels enforcement. Yeah. There's no enforcement. And they were told that they couldn't enforce it by the public. Yeah. This is why this is happening. Like, I honestly, this should have just stuck to their guns. I don't care about this. People were like, freedom. I need my freedoms. Please. Like, stop. This is stupid. This is Nazi Germany. It's like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that was literally, that was being toted around on Twitter. It's People just, were crazy. Like, I just want to go to they the movies. They literally said that. That was, that was trending. Yeah. I was like, are you joking? That's insane. That's not even, what are you saying? You're insulting like so many people. It's so offensive to like, say. Like arguably the entire Jewish population. <laughs> you are offending. They're trying to save people with some of these measures. And again, like in this case, like the reopening plan, I didn't see the depth that you just discussed where they're not opening the theaters until August. Where Did you say, I didn't see that. Well, it's oh, it's man. in the phase three portion. Um, it's super interesting because the Cineplex CEO already like made a comment about this and, and, and showed his frustration and literally said um, that the, like for Ontario, the entire summer movie se- season is done and over. So it's nice to see that like, you know, the Cineplex CEO is kind of like, what the fuck is this shit um, as well? And, you know, just pointing out the hypocrisy in, in, in all of these, in just the plan itself. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just so beyond frustrated, man. Like I like, yeah. I'm confident. Well, actually, I don't know how confident I am. I'm hoping that by the time <laughs> that by the time Dune comes out in October that, I mean, I, I know like I'll be fully vaccinated. I'm hoping that the theaters will be open so I can watch this goddamn movie. But the idea that I'm missing a quiet place part two, I'm missing black widow. I'm missing, um possibly even like shang chi um i'm missing the hit movie jungle cruise <laughs> that i don't care about uh like it just cruella cruella it, buddy ugh. it's just i don't know man it, it, it's frustrating and like more and more i'm looking at you know premium plus whatever the fuck disney calls it premier access whatever and being like is it worth it hell no but I'm not going to be able to watch any of these movies in theaters. Like, and, and it's just like, I have no other option arguably than to wait or drop an extra $35 on a subscription to be fair that I don't pay for. I, I leech it off you, but, <laughs> but like an extra 35 bucks for this crap. And it's just, I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'm going to vote with my wallet. I, I don't agree with what premier access is. We've talked about it. It just sucks. And I'm heartbroken about this. And I, I just want to go to the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I see. I just read up on like what Jacob Ellis was saying, which who's the CEO of Cineplex and how he was saying that it's <laughs> Ford is re- ignoring facts. And it's mm-hmm. true. 
honestly, that's true. Like, what would what is the harm on the way that they reopened in March? Like, there really isn't any harm in it. It was open for two weeks. We saw two movies in two, in two weeks. We saw Godzilla versus Kong and Nobody, as we discussed at the beginning of the podcast here. It wasn't even open for two weeks. The theaters were open for eight days. I know. It was really short. I just don't get it, though, because it doesn't make... Literally, you're right about the golf thing. I, I Honestly, the golf pushback was crazy, though. People really want a golf course courses open, and I completely agree with you. It's people from other households. No one golfs on their own. They're all golfing with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, even... Ford made that argument the last press conference before this one that opening golf courses, you know, people are going to go uh, to each other's houses and have a pop after, which is just a ridiculous thing to say. What is he from the 1960s? <laughs> uh, but regardless, um, I agree that that may, that may not even happen, but even just golfing together where you're not going to be wearing masks outside, it's just, I'm sorry, outside, inside, it doesn't really matter when you're three feet away from each other. I just don't, we're sitting in a golf court cart together and you're from a different house. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Even the same thing with the, the, the parks being open, like the children's, you know, gymnasium outside mm-hmm. various parks, ch- children's gymnasiums. That's what they call them. Yeah. Yeah. That's completely normal. The, the small human outside gymnasiums. <laughs> I'm a normal, I'm a normal human. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Oh, human music. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying though? When you went to the park. When you went to, what was the park called? Riverside Park. Right, in Guelph. And you saw the children running around, like, together. Clearly there so many. There's so many. Yeah, it's frustrating. A bunch of people just sitting on the benches. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, I know I was technically breaking the rules. Like, I'm breaking this stay-at-home order by taking my dog for a walk in this, like, you know, park on these trails and shit. But it's like, I just want to walk my dog. But there's, like, literally just a bunch of people from different households with these kids playing together. And it's like, Oh my God. And I don't know. I didn't stay there too long. I literally, I like walked through the park, saw this amount of people and then started walking through like the streets near the park where I'm like, at least I'm going to like, I drove all the way here. So I'm going to do something about it. But again, it's just, I don't know. I'm pissed off. I'm tired. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. And yeah. So the point to that, to your point, parks are open, people were within three feet, and the theater in which you're literally spaced out in a movie theater about, like, I don't know, 10 feet apart, minimum, in that giant space, you can't do that. Yeah. That's not possible. No. So, yeah, I, I, I see Ellis's point on this one, and, yeah, we, we've been in the Cineplex theaters, and I can't believe how, how strict and how safe that they've kept mm-hmm. the theater environment. They audit to make sure that you're sitting in your proper seats. And they they do these spot checks. I think I think throughout potentially the movie, and they don't really let enough people in the theater. Even if they didn't run these spot checks, it's it's like ten it's people safe. in a room, man. Like it's literally like ten yeah. people in a room. And again, like we said this before. On top of that, I just I also want these people to get their freaking jobs back. Like the it just sucks. It just sucks all around. Yeah, I agree with you. But back to Dune, super happy that he was able to pull this off yeah he me a, too he wrote an article in variety like the variety uh, website like publicly stating that like, he wrote it himself how distressed he was about this about the 2021 blockbuster movie announcement that hbo max would have all of these movies on hbo max while being released in the theaters at the same time and how distressed he was and he got the job done i guess he just kept fighting for what he believed in and he did it yeah. Which, yeah, I'm, yeah, couldn't be happier that this happened, but to what end? Because we might not be able to see it in theaters. I didn't realize that it that theaters are only opening on phase three of the reopening plan. So How ridiculous really, is that? 
It really made my day. Oh, man. And drive-in theaters can open in phase two. Phase one. Is it phase one? I thought it was phase two or something. I thought they had like some weird caveat. Uh, I just read no. the Narcity. I, ch- I don't know how reliable that source is. Well, let's hope it's phase one, which is technically still phase two because phase zero is the first phase. So phase three in reality is phase four. Carry the carry the one minus the two. <laughs> phase zero is the one with <laughs> golf courses where you can open golf courses. Anyway, let's move on to the m- montage. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm so sad. All right. No, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as website Variety reports, Hamilton actor Leslie Odom Jr. and WandaVision actor Catherine Hahn have both been cast in director Ryan Johnson's Knives Out sequel for Netflix. Ooh, what a cast this movie is getting. I, I'm going to guess Catherine Hahn is the murderer. Hmm, hot take. Number two, as Variety reports, Netflix's You actress, Jenna Ortega, has been cast in Tim Burton's Adams Family spinoff live action series, Wednesday. Oh, I know Jenna Ortega from the hit movie, the, the Babysitter, the second Babysitter movie that's a sequel to the first one. Number three, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the Bad Boys for Life directors Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah have both been hired on to direct DC's Batgirl film with a script written by Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson. I guess this movie is still happening, question mark? It seems so. Weird. Number four. As publication Deadline reports, that Arnold Schwarzenegger eight-episode spy TV series has officially been greenlit by Netflix. The series will mark the first time that Schwarzenegger has been a lead in a television series. Oh, okay, okay. This seems cool. Number five. As reported by Deadline, the eighth and final season of NBC comedy... Brooklyn Nine-Nine will begin airing its final season on August 12th, 2021. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Number six. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, actors Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds will each executive produce the FX docuseries Welcome to Wrexham. The series follows previously struggling football team the Wrexham Red Dragons that Reynolds and McElhenney purchased in 2020. This is awfully similar to the Apple TV Plus original TV series, Ted Lasso. Indeed. Number seven. As Variety reports, the new Fear Street movie trilogy based on the R.L. Stein novels of the same name will debut on Netflix for three consecutive weeks in July, starting with Fear Street Part 1 1994 premiering on July 2nd, 2021. Between Part 1 and Part 3 of the trilogy, the stories are set 300 years apart. Wow, this actually seems like a really cool idea. I just feel like you should have done this in October. Mm -hmm. Number eight, as reported by Deadline, Superman actor Henry Cavill has been cast in John Wick director Chad Stahelski's reboot of action-adventure film Highlander. Interesting. Chad Stahelski is also attached to the Sony um, movie that they announced, Ghost of Tsushima. That's based on the Ghost of Tsushima PlayStation 4 game. Number nine. As Deadline reports, Amazon's TV series adaptation of author Robert Jordan's fantasy novel series Wheel of Time has just been renewed for a second season as the production just wrapped on its first. Hmm. 
Hmm. I have heard that Wheel of Time is a very good fantasy series, but I genuinely have no clue what it's about. Apparently quite famous. Oh. Number 10. As Deadline reports, Silicon Valley actor Kumail Nanjiani will executive produce and star in Hulu's upcoming crime dramedy series Immigrant that will follow the founding of stripper troupe Chippendales by Somen Steve Banerjee. Oh, will this be a star original here in Canada? Question mark. And that concludes the montage. Montage. Awesome. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your hot takes. Hot, hot, hot potato. Pass it on, baby. And I'm going to pass that hot potato on to you while I ask you, what do you have for me, Adrian? I got new releases for you, baby. Ooh. Yes! This is for the week of May 24th to May the 30th. Oh. And um, the first movie that's coming out is a movie uh, coming out on Tuesday, May the 25th. It's uh, the movie called The Unholy. So I mentioned that this movie actually went out to theaters earlier this year, maybe a month or two ago. Uh, this this movie stars Jeffrey Jean Jorgen. Um, but yeah, oh. it's, it's, that, it's that horror movie. It's not rated well. But again, it's available for uh, rent on the 25th. Yikes. Yeah. 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. The, uh... Uh, next up is three movies, actually, that are all coming out on Wednesday, May 26th. The first movie is a movie called Ghost Lab. It's a Netflix original movie, and it's about a group of people that think ghosts are real and are risking their lives or more to prove it. Uh, what? Yeah. Are they trying to get near-death experiences to see a ghost? Maybe. Or they're trying to become ghosts. Why would they need to do this? Yeah, that's just death, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I see. Mm -hmm. Baggio, The Divine Ponytail, is the next Netflix original movie coming out this weekend. It's about a soccer expert teen with a contentious relationship with his coach and father. He goes out to, to prove himself and to his coach and father that he's more than what they think he is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I had a teacher named Mrs. Baggio that went to my really? elementary school. Yeah. She went, oh, she went there. She was... She was... Uh, wait, she was a student. Yeah, like she's a teacher. No, she was a teacher oh. there. Like she went there okay. for a job because she worked there. Oh, I understand. Okay. I, I phrased that oddly. Sorry about that. Do people say that when they're, you're a teacher? Like I mm. went... I. <laughs> She went to the school? I mean, I, I would assume so. I don't think so. I'm going to school. I guess you'd say, like, I'm going to work still. Or I'm going to the school. I'm going to the school for some work to teach dumb kids. Yeah, I don't know. Smarter stuff. I don't know. Cool. Tomato, tomato. Anyway, what's the next movie coming out? Nail Bomber. Manhunt. Ah, no. <laughs> oh my God, are you okay? Is there a nail bomber in your house? This is a Netflix original documentary uh, about some true crime. That happened. Interesting. Is this part of the Manhunt series? I don't think so. I was curious about that. Because it's the other way around for Manhunt Unabomber, mm. which is a great a great show, in my opinion, with yeah. Paul Bettany. Wait, is this a docu-series? No, it's or, a- Oh, it is. It's a series? I thought it was a movie. No, you're right. No, no, sorry. It's, it's, you're right. You're correct. Okay. It's a documentary. Okay, cool. In regards to Manhunt Unabomber, it's like a biopic type series, but it was fictional because it obviously had Paul Bettany in it. Okay, cool. So this is not that. This is literally a documentary movie. Um, So that's it for um, May 26th. One thing I failed to mention for May 25th, it's not really a movie, but uh, they're releasing some 
uh, Borat shorts, like just a bunch of scenes from the the, the Borat 2 movie. Um, and they just made, I guess, like short, I think six short documentary style, mockumentary style, um, I guess, episodes. Uh, that's releasing on May 25th. How short are we 25th. talking? Like, how short are these episodes? What I read is that there's one 40-minute long documentary. So I don't know if that's like 40 minutes split into six or it was a little bit unclear. Uh, anyways, I guess we'll find it on May 25th, which is Tuesday. Oh, they're releasing everything at once. That That's from my understanding. Yes. On Amazon prime. Once again, obviously, uh, because that's where the Borat two movie released. Simon Borat two, the longest title ever. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, continuing on Thursday, May the 27th, there's a Netflix original movie called blue Mir miracle and it's about a guy who runs an orphanage but the orphanage is on a boat okay oh yeah hmm. interesting mm -hmm. super interesting anyways continuing on friday may the 28th there's a few movies coming out the first one is a movie called dog gone trouble and it's a netflix animated adventure of a dog who turns to the streets and he and he makes some friends to survive on those streets. I see. Mm -hmm. The next movie that is coming out is a movie called American Trader. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand rental. And it's about the true story about a lawyer who's actually played by uh, Al Pacino defending Mildred Gillars, who broadcasted anti-American propaganda during the Second World War. Hmm. Hmm. And then next up is a movie called Cruella. This is coming out on Disney Plus Premier Access and theaters the same day. Blah. That's all I got to say about that movie. Isn't that your most anticipated film of 2021? No. Cruella? I, I legitimately just... Emma Stone? I don't get how you can make a movie about a woman that skins dogs to make a coat. And make you sympathize with her. Right, yeah. Like, how do you make her the main character and make you want her to succeed? It's weird. I feel like they're trying to do the Maleficent thing. Yeah, but this is different. But I feel... No, because at least you can, like... I feel like they did a pretty good job in the Maleficent movie. I don't love it. But they do a pretty good job at making you, like, sympathize for this woman who ends up being this evil queen. But this woman literally skins Dalmatians... And makes a jacket out of it. I know. I feel like, I, I mean, I said it before and I'll say it again. This is, is this not uh, Peter's worst nightmare? I think so. Am I missing something about this movie? Am I missing something? Uh... It looks like shit. It doesn't look like shit. I wouldn't say that. I just, I, I'm curious. Like, what directions can this go? I don't know. I don't want to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm on okay. Peter's side for this one. Well, we can't watch it anyway, so it's irrelevant. I mean, we could way, watch it if we want to me, drop Don't let me. If you want to take... Look, man, if you like Premier Access, by all means, go right ahead. Just don't use my credit card because it's tied to that Disney Plus account, okay? Oh, uh, no. Don't worry. I'm not going to use... I'm not going to do it. Just, just get your own account briefly. Actually, mm. I wonder, to be quite honest, if this is just available on iTunes to buy for $35 because that's what, exactly what they did for Ryan the Last Dragon. Yeah. Ryan the Last Dragon's coming out very soon. I think it's like a, only in like a week or two. That's coming that out. would be worth catching as soon as that comes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one. I was like, yeah, that, that was like the one movie where I was like, mm, I, I'd be willing to drop Premiere Access on this just because of how high quality Disney movies can be. But again, then Soul came out before that. And I was like, why the fuck wasn't this on it? But you're making this one. And you also announced Luca. 
it's weird that the Pixar movies are not like premier access, but all these Disney original movies are. And I would almost argue that pound for pound Pixar has a better track record. I don't know. Yeah, but Ryan the Last Dragon is pretty well regarded. So yeah, yeah. Well, same with Soul. Yeah, it's weird. But I was what I was saying before was, and I said this on a previous episode. If you see the premier access option, check to see if you can just buy it for $35 separately, digitally. Because why would you buy it inside a streaming service when you can buy it somewhere else? And if you lose access to that streaming service, you don't lose access to the title. I said that before. I'll say Mm -hmm. it again. If this is available for $35 on iTunes or Google Play, the Google Play movie store, just buy it there. Why would you buy it on Disney Plus? You'd be locked out if you decided, well, this month I don't want to pay Disney Plus subscriptions. Anyways. Yeah. Fun fact about Ryan the Last Dragon. You can now buy it for $24.99 on like iTunes. Whoa. And it's still not available on Disney Plus? I don't think so. I think it's like June something. It's like June 2nd or something. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Let me check. I can check real quick. I am looking right now, actually, while you... While you talk to me. June 4th. Coming to Disney Plus June 4th. Oh, damn it. You didn't do yeah. any preamble and you beat me to it. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, you can't do premiere access right now for Ryan the Dr- Last Dragon. It doesn't give you the option. Oh, they took it away. What the fuck? Why would they do that? Maybe I have because they no thought idea. it was unfair. Maybe it's because we're so close to that free release date. No, we're, no, we're still two weeks out, though. Hmm. That just makes things even weirder. It does. Yeah. The biggest... Um, controversy for me will be when Black Widow comes out, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. I Because I will not pay $35, but I will be tempted. Like, deep down, I'll be tempted. I won't do it, but yeah. it's going to be sad. I wonder if you'll I wonder if you'll break, Adrian. You might just I, break. I won't. I, I won't. At the very least, like, I have Loki to kind of, like, to watch. At le- like, at least I'm getting that Marvel fill. Like, if we didn't get Captain Falcon and the Winter Man and WandaVision and we're not, and if we weren't getting Loki... I feel like I'd be far more tempted, but at this point, I'm like, I'm getting my Marvel film. I'm fine waiting. Yeah, that's fair. Just so you're aware, though, like, you know, I, I'll make fun of you, but I, I, I won't judge you that hard. You know you know what I mean? Like, you can do it if you want. It's, it's I'm not your going money. to do it, Simon. I'm not going to. It's fine. I'm just saying, I don't want to pressure you one way or the other. Like, I'm, you're not. I'm keeping, my, I'm keeping my vote with my wallet mantra. But okay. You're not. You might not be into it. You might decide. I'm that- not going to do it. I don't want to okay. do it. I'm not going to do it. Alrighty then. What's the yeah. next movie coming out? The next movie that is coming out is a movie called A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, and it's coming out theaters exclusively. We can't watch it. We can't watch it here. This, this sucks. is the worst. This is the worst one. It's so sad that this is just not coming out in Canada because we can't go to the theaters. God, I'm so We just talked about that at length. So I don't think we should go into why we're upset about it not going to theaters. We sound like a I bunch of nerds. I am so pissed off. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We're just a bunch of nerds. We love the theaters that much. It's like, yeah. Doug Four should open the theaters to open up Ontario just so that we can go to the theaters. That's, mm-hmm. what, we're, that's what we sound like. Well, I want that's that to happen. Time. Just open up the theaters. That's how people hear us, just so you're aware. Okay. If, if Doug Ford's listening to this right now, you have my vote the next election if you just open the theaters next week. <laughs> yeah, just open. dude i will right vote now for, you I will open vote, it you open it next I will week vote for you until the end of time i will be your number one supporter when you go for prime minister in however many years just give me the fucking movie theater just give it to me yeah yeah trudeau already made bot legal i don't need him anymore 
Wow. <laughs> wow. But that doesn't make sense, though, because if he does this for you, then you won't need him anymore either. Ford, I mean. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that, dude. Are you kidding me? What if he's listening? He just heard this. Well, now you're, yeah, he heard it because you asked this question. Oh, I'm sorry, Adrian. Uh, I, uh, I was joking. Uh, what's the next movie coming out? Actually, that's it for the movie, Simon. However, I do have one thing, one honorable- Special mention? Yeah, that. On Sunday, May the 30th, Bo Burnham, comedian Bo Burnham, is coming out with his special called, I think, Inside, that he wrote, he recorded, he edited all by himself Woo. in his house. And it's releasing on Netflix on May the 30th. I cannot wait. I'm a huge Bo Burnham fan. I think he's absolutely hilarious. Again, most recently, he did an amazing job in Promising Young Woman. He wrote and directed Eighth Grade, which came out in 2018, which is a phenomenal movie. I love Bo it Burnham. I am a, I'm a huge supporter of his. I cannot wait to watch this on Sunday. Count me in, baby. Count me in. Indeed. Indeed. Um, but that's it for the uh, new releases, my friend. Um, real quick, my mom texted me a question. Do you want me to read it on? Oh, sure. Just yeah. now? Uh, at 6.40, she texted me a question. Oh, while we were recording. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's do it live. All right, cool, on man. Here. So uh, I'm going to read you a question that my mom texted me. Now, this is a, this is a weird one because I don't know if you've watched either of these movies, but I feel like you would know at least one of them. So my mother. Marta Pinter writes in and asks, Hi, Adrian and Simon. Would you guys rather watch the tape of The Ring or read the book of The Babadook? Question mark. P.S. Adrian's East Side Mario's eating habit is not weird at all, in my opinion. It's actually smart and economic. Good way to save money. <laughs> Mind you, a, okay. a couple of my buddies... That I asked this question. Hold up, hold up. Let's give some context to the audience about what we're talking about in terms of Eastside Marios. So a, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Eastside Marios and how when I go to Eastsides, they give you unlimited soup and salad and bread. Soup or salad or bread. And bread. Right, right. And yeah. I go there and I eat as much salad and as much bread as I can until I am full. And I just pretty much take home my entire entree so I have a meal for later. And you thought it wasn't classy. You thought I was crazy. Me asking well, a bunch no, of my buddies. Not crazy. You thought I was insane. You said, I said Adrian, a little bit insane. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I, I talked to you a couple. Wait, did I say you were insane or did I say the action was insane? It doesn't matter. You're arguing let's, semantics let's, now. Let's take, you love, let's take you back love my arguing semantics. You're not crazy. I don't believe that. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, you drive me insane. Sorry, what did your friend say? What did your friend say when you told him about this? But yeah, he actually listened to the episode because I like messaged him. I was like, can you listen to the beginning of this episode? He ended up listening to the entire episode. And then he messaged me yeah. like, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, you're right. Simon's wrong about the East Sides thing. My mother okay. also agrees. All right. I'm willing to put a, a, a poll out, a census survey, you might say. I'll call everyone in Ontario and ask. And I guarantee you I would be – the votes would be heavily on my side. Anyways, not important. Um, but yeah, so uh, question. Would you rather watch the tape of The Ring from the movie The Ring where you watch a tape and the ring girl comes out of a well and walks through your TV and then kills you or read the book of The Babadook? read the book of the babadook you hear the bum 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 the babadook and he's in your house he's 
He's he's in your house. What are you gonna do? Honestly, I don't have context. I know you just tried to explain it to me, but I haven't watched either of these films, and so yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer. What would mm. you do? The Babadook. Wait. Oh yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, a couple of reasons, Simon. The Babadook. Okay. Incredibly terrifying. Arguably one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my goddamn life. One of the scariest looking cr- creatures I've ever seen in my life. Okay. But. But. The Babadook seems like it's a little bit more survivorable. Survivable. Survivable. Survivable? I don't think you. I don't think you add the or in there. Survivorable. <laughs> no, it's survivable. Sur- that would be <laughs> that that word. That word right yes. there. Whereas okay. you watch the Ring movie, the Ring tape, the VHS. She crawls out of your TV and just kills you. There's no stopping her. She's just gonna keep crawling. She's gonna go at you. She's gonna make these weird sounds. She's gonna tilt her head. She's gonna crab walk towards you and then just kill you. Ain't stopping her. Can you run out your door? I mean, I guess she might still follow you. I watched only a little bit of The Ring. For some reason, it was played in my elementary school. Don't ask. I don't. I don't know why. What? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly. Are you I think, serious? <laughs> yeah. Um. I believe what happened was there. The teacher just said, "Bring in any movie you want." It's the last few days before summer, and he just didn't care. It was one of those teachers that really didn't care. The other teachers, I think, in that eighth grade class did care, but they didn't, it wasn't their room. So they're like, whatever. So all of the different classes in, in that grade, they kind of just went to that one room, that one te- the cool teacher's room, and we watched random horror movies. I think they watched The Grudge as well. That's nuts, man. That is absolutely <laughs> nuts. Because not only yeah. is it like, I mean, terrifying. But there's like nudity and like swearing and 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 death in it. You're showing this to a bunch yeah. of thirteen year olds. It's school. not showing. He didn't bring it. They the students brought it themselves. Oh my God. No wonder the freaking Canadian education system's so fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> it was very hush hush. Um, but I didn't I didn't watch it actually. I think I watched a little bit. I, I understood the concept. From mm. my understanding though, and I, I'm wrong clearly. I didn't know that they show the deaths in the ring. I thought that was all secretive. I thought they never mm. actually show you what the ring tape was on, was what was actually on the VHS tape, but apparently they do. I guess I, I didn't know. Maybe that. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but uh, oh. I do remember. Yeah, like she crawls out of the TV and just fucks you up. But at the same oh, time, okay. if I was thinking about it, I could probably beat the shit out of her. Like I think you I what? could take the ring girl, who's like a teenage well, girl that's like crawling, and I mean she's like right. mal, you know, she's like <laughs> what is it called, malnutritious. <laughs> Why am I forgetting words today? <laughs> malnourished. <laughs> malnourished. She, she's malnourished. That's why you know, I'm on this podcast as well. I just beat the living shit at her. Whereas like the Babadook, I could not. He's so scary. I would I would literally just scream and cry. Wait, you just 180'd on me here. What happened? Mm, I, I thought you know. said the Babadook you could defeat. No, I couldn't defeat him. So you're mis- oh. you're misinterpreting. He's survivable. Survivable, survivable, <laughs> survivable. That's right. He's so, he is Babadook, but you survivable. Don't, yeah, but you don't beat him. You coexist with him. Whereas what? the ring girl, okay, you, like she's just gonna get you. I could just pull out my machete, just cut her into bits. Yeah, she's malnourished. What's she gonna do? You know what? I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna just beat the living shit out of this teenage girl. You can take if you if that's taken out of context. 
It's easily to be taken is she out of fast? context. It's like she's super fast. Like, is that her thing? Is like, she? Does she have a, some kind of crazy weapon? No, she just kind of crawls at you. Well, why, why is anyone defeated by this person? I don't know. My TV's also mounted on the wall. So if she like crawled out, she'd just like smack her head on the ground. It's like a solid, what is it? Four foot drop. She's crawling. Boom, just hits the ground. I'd be like, what the it's hell? Like, oh, didn't expect that. You know, like she'd like fall smack the ground. I'd have at least a couple seconds to just like machete her to bits. When VHS tapes were popular, they didn't mount TVs. Yeah, that's true. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, in this hypothetical right. situation. And that's a good question, though. You should watch both those movies. Get back to me next week. No, you don't have to watch. I, I'm not a big horror guy. I'm not a big the horror Babadook, guy. though. The Babadook is like on like it's it's that like it's it's on that level. I would say like it's up there with like hereditary and, and stuff like that, where it's unique. It's tense. It's phenomenal. It's really, right. really good. Um, the Ring, I'm sure you could pass. I, I barely remember that movie. I was, I was super young when I watched it. Okay. But, but, that, but yeah, The Babadook I watched, I don't know, within the past few years. I watched it with my mom, actually. And it's just so good. It's so good. Yeah. Tempted, maybe. You know that meme where it's like the, uh, the woman like screaming to her kid in the backseat of her car, like, why can't you just be normal? You know what I mean? Uh, no. Sorry. Anyways, there's a, there's like a popular meme where like like the mom's like turned and she's like screaming at her kid in the backseat of the car, just yelling like, "Why can't you be normal?" That's from the Babadook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I might check it out. I I shouldn't say I hate horror movies. Like I still watch horror. Like I really was interested in watching A Quiet Place, which is kind of a thriller as well. But mm-hmm. I'm obviously can't do that. So ah, oh, life. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're coming out of the woods. Like it's, there's a, there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like we just can't watch a quiet place, unfortunately, probably until it comes to some streaming service potentially, yeah. or unless you want to pay $25, I'm sure it'll be 25 bucks or something like that. I'd be tempted for that one. Cause again, it's like, it's not on top of a subscription service. It's just 25 bucks. I put on a pair of headphones. I watched on my OLED. Sure. Yeah. And it's not $35. So yeah, yeah no, that Honestly, one's a little yeah. more manageable for mm-hmm. sure. Once I'm out of the woods, though, man, I'm going to freaking light a match and burn it down like Australia. What? Oh, you're making a reference to the disaster in the beginning of 2020 that I actually just forgot about until you reminded me about, about it. Yeah, how nuts yeah. is that? That was like so long ago. That was a year and a half ago. Yeah, that was super sad. Time flies. Yeah. Yeah. Remember World War Three? Yeah, that almost <laughs> happened as well. No, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happened at the beginning of 2020, and then we forgot about it when... COVID happened. Anyway, anyway, let's 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 move on to the ending of this podcast. That is the end of our regular scheduled programming. And I thank you, Adrian, for joining me. Do you have anything else to add to talk to our audience about? To say to me, perhaps? No, Simon. I, I want to thank you as well. I appreciate you having me on the show once again for the forty seventh week in a row. This is fantastic. I really enjoy spending time with you. I enjoy talking to you about movies and TV shows and, and just the, the movie industry in general. I'm I'm glad that you know I can listen to us talk on pretty much every podcast service available to man, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. I'm glad that I can also review this show on Apple Podcasts, give it a five star if I wanted to, and leave a nice little comment for us. It's super. I'd be super appreciative of, of myself for doing that, or anyone that would do that for us. Right. And you yeah. can also write into us, audience, uh, hmm. or or Adrian. You can write into us, which would be very weird. But this is just kind of the trend that you've been saying. 
here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anybody can write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com and we will feature what you say on our show. We will address your comments just like we addressed uh, Adrian's mom's comments on this show. You don't have mm-hmm. to have Adrian's personal number in order for us to address said comments. You have to actually just email us to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com, which you can find in the description of this episode. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening to the 47th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian Pinter, and uh, just want to kind of end the show on um, a little note that um, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead is out this week, and you know what else is also out prior to this week for many weeks before this? Batman v Superman, a good movie. Thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Take care. I'm so sad, Simon. I just want to go to the theaters.